Welcome to Emerging, the official podcast of the Trout Unlimited and Costa Five Rivers program, brought to you by Sims Fishing Products. Emerging is about enabling the young angling community to drive progress in the fly fishing industry and the conservation of the places we love to fish. My name is Joseph Burney, and I'll be your host along with Andrew Lafredo. For this episode, it's a little special. We brought the whole Five Rivers team together and we're all out here in Colorado having a good time, doing some work and doing a little bit of fishing. So we're going to talk about, a bit about that and a bit about what's going on in Five Rivers. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is the end of season one. We made it all the way here. It was great. We had a lot of great times on the way, but we thought this episode would be a good time to get everyone together on the Five Rivers team. Sorry, Franklin, if you're listening to this, uh, that you're not on it, but we got Andrew here. We got Cliff here, who we have to introduce to y'all, um, but I'll let, I'll let Cliff do that since he's right here next to me. Thanks, Joseph. Uh, yeah, so my name's Cliff. I'm the president of the CU Boulder Fly Fishing Club. I've uh, been a part of the Five Rivers program since I was a freshman and have uh, certainly fallen in love with it. I'm really grateful to be an intern and, uh, yeah, excited to see where we can take this podcast after Joseph heads out. Yeah, so uh, Andrew's here, too. You want to say hello? What's up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is so nice like we've been doing all these episodes on teams and now we're just all sitting here around one table and it's kind of nice and it feels like we're almost almost back to normal here yeah almost yeah almost so I think we should talk a little bit bit more about you Cliff I hear my show notes that's that's something I want to do so tell us a little bit more about yourself like you said you're in the the president of the CU club right now, you started, you've been doing that since freshman year, but where are you from? Um, how'd you get into fly fishing, all that jazz? Yeah. So I grew up in Southeastern Wisconsin, just outside of, uh, Milwaukee, a little town called Waukesha, not too small actually. Um, but I started fishing when, uh, I was really, really young and, uh, started with a spinning rod like most people. And then, uh, when I think I was probably 10 or 11, one of my uncles called him uncle stinky. He, uh, nice. got me into fly fishing. He just bought me a fly rod and handed it to me. And when I was growing up, I didn't know what I was doing. I just sit on the end of the dock and threw streamers at bass and pike and stuff like that. And really just fell in love with casting, honestly. Um, and then once I came out to Colorado as a freshman, I, uh, I knew I had to get into the sport. So I got a little four weight and uh just started fishing on boulder creek and around town and then heard about the club uh at cu and uh it was pretty small at that point probably only 25 30 members um but went on a couple trips and just found a really good community and uh since then it's really taken me to some awesome places i uh Got a job the summer of my freshman year in Alaska as a commercial fisherman, and I worked on a gill netter in Bristol Bay, and that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, and um, just fell in love with that part of the country and knew that I wanted to make a life for myself there, essentially, and uh, I reconnected with a lodge owner on the Alagnac River, which is uh, just up the Quijack a little ways, and uh, got on as a camp hand, 
and worked my way up into a full-time guide position, which I'm excited to go back this year for. So Sweet. fly fishing has taken me to some amazing places, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think that shows, too, the, the power of, of fly fishing for sure, and I feel like that's kind of be going to be a theme of of this episode here of how five rivers has kind of like changed our trajectory and Andrew too. Um, that's what his full-time job is now. Like you're doing that every day, like engaging kids and fly fishing. And that's what five rivers is all about. And I mean, my story is the same way and everyone on the podcast has kind of heard bits and pieces of it. Um, but it's really, really incredible what, what we can do through five rivers and the opportunities we've gotten and how fly fishing is just like, changed our lives really yeah my my favorite part about the experience and my history with five rivers in the club is that i learned how to fly fish from other college students and i met my best friends because they taught me how to fish and it's the coolest thing about it is that you're learning from people that are your age that just want you to have fun once you get out there and are passionate about you learn how to fly fish and catching fish yeah not a lot of places better to do that than than out here in colorado Albeit the fishing in Colorado's gotten pretty tough since there's so many people fishing all these rivers around here. Speaking of, I think we did a couple trips this weekend uh, we want to talk about. Uh, Andrew and I went up to Big Wyoming, did some fishing. Uh, Andrew, you want to want to butt in a little bit, talk about this where you took where you took me, and we're not going to spot burn, but we we had a pretty good trip. Yeah, we definitely have uh, a good trip. Joseph might have got frostbite. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sleeping in the tent, Sleeping 40 mile an hour winds. Yeah, a little bit. Needed some extra blankets. Yeah. And uh, you definitely needed a Band-Aid after uh, a 25-inch fish broke them off. But, yeah, you know, who knows? It's uh, the big one that always gets away, right? Yeah. It, I mean, that place was incredible. It, usually, like, down in Georgia for me, it's, it's all all stocked fish for the most part, unless you're fishing for tiny, like less than your hand size brook trout. So to go in this place and find all these like wild, like wild rainbow and brown trout and the average fish we were catching was like over 18 inches. Like we maybe caught two fish like all together that whole weekend, this whole past weekend that were like under 18 inches. Yeah, it was definitely disappointing uh, <laughs> in that sense that we, we tried to, uh, we're usually catching release here, but uh, there might have been talks of uh, trap dinner and yeah. uh, we couldn't catch a fish small enough for trap dinner. Yeah, we kept, kept it was like we got into the survival mode at the end there and we're like, all right, like survival mode, like get your instincts right. Like it's dinner time. We got to catch our dinner. And uh, we just kept catching like 20 inch fish. Like I've never been more frustrating to like real fish and been like, oh damn, it's too big. big. (laughs) But yeah, Cliff, you went on a on a trip this weekend too. Where'd you uh, What'd you do? Yeah, it started off as a ski trip. I was supposed to be going to uh, Salt Lake, but had some issues come up with COVID and everything, so decided not to do that and uh, tested negative which was nice so we were able to go to steamboat springs for some skiing nice and then uh head up to the old wyoming just across the border fish the north platte um a couple smaller rivers too uh was not nearly as successful as y'all were got an ass kicking honestly (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and most certainly had frostbite after all the cold nights but still a good time nice to get away from the crowds down here in colorado i uh 
absolutely love Wyoming. So it's nice to have a full year license there. That's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty expensive out of state license. I found out. Um, but I mean, for anyone listening to this, like, don't go fishing in Wyoming. There's no fish there. Don't do it. Um, it sucks. All the, yeah, all the fish are in Colorado and Montana. Like in between, no fish. There's absolutely no fish. So, uh, Cliff, what what happened, man? Uh, with like such bad fishing trip, man. Are you just bad fisherman, or like what, what happened? You know, the uh, watercolor was a little tainted, I must say, and uh, some some weather issues. A little, the front came through, and it just uh, it didn't work out, and that's that's how it goes. But uh, no, it was uh, purely poor fishing on my part. Honestly, I got lazy. <laughs> and, uh, it was cold, so I sat in the truck longer than I was on the river, I must say. But uh, I'll own up to that. That's you know, Sometimes there's days like that. Some, something I learned being out there this weekend was your truck is your best friend. Like I'm, I am have to immediately buy a camper top for my truck, and it's just like so useful. You come out here. I was in a tent. Andrew was in his camper top in his truck. He's all cozy in there, and I'm sitting in the tent. The wind's howling 40 miles an hour. I'm freezing my butt off. And wake up in the morning, he's like, oh, I feel great. And I'm like, I'm freezing. Can we start a fire again? <laughs> yeah, Joseph learned the valuable lesson for uh, when he moves out here. So I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit about what that's going to look like. But I think – We'll talk a little bit about what's been going on this year with Five Rivers and kind of recap what, what happened with the podcast. And to everyone that's listened to it, like, big thank you. This has been really awesome. I came to Andrew uh, last summer when I kind of was starting the internship. I was like, I, I really think we should do a podcast. It's covid we can't really engage with the students super well. I think this would be fun. And we have so many friends in the industry that we could really make this a good thing. And started out strong with, with C. Wood. Probably some of the best episodes we had. Like, I, I, I really can't pick a favorite. I mean, my favorite to edit was probably Heather. Um, that, was, that was a trip, that episode. And um, if you haven't listened to it, like, you should go back. I, it, it was so much fun. Like, and the pig farming with Jay, like, uh, Jay and Justin. And I mean, it's just, it was, do uh, you have a favorite episode, Andrew? Could you pick the next one, the next one, the one I'm not on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Um, just kidding, Joseph. But, uh, it was good, man. I, I, I really enjoyed the podcast. I think it's a, it's a cool medium, especially for, um, college students and, and young people. And, you know, uh, I'm not uh, a huge podcast listener in terms of like daily, but uh, you know, when I listen to them on long trips, you know, you, I think our podcast is great for that where, you know, you're on your way to the river uh, on a big camping trip or something like that, you know, get some great advice some some insight into the industry. And for people who are looking to uh, break in, I think it's a great opportunity to hear a lot of our voices uh, kind of geared to our demographic. So, yeah. Um, and I think it was cool too. Like one of the some of the cooler episodes were the ones where we had alumni and like current students because like those are the people who are going to be running things eventually, who are setting the pace for what the future looks like for fly fishing, and like people like Mateo and Eland and Rachel and we have so many more that like we're excited to share with you and so many students we're excited to have on this podcast uh, in the coming season, but. It's just super cool because the young people are the future 
and how we handle things is going to completely change uh, what our fisheries look like in a couple years and for our grandchildren. And it's just, it's really cool because I see it every day, like working with five rivers that all these students are doing such incredible things on a daily basis with the community fund that we had. And I guess this is a good, good uh, year in review, like transition into what's going on with five rivers of the community fund. We just, we gave out four or $500 grants to clubs to take initiative and do amazing things in their local communities on their local waters to engage people. And all those projects are amazing. You should go check them out. Um, and we're going to continue to do that. We raised over 16 grand. Yeah. Over 16 grand with the F3T project and we're, it's going to keep growing and it's really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, my aspiration for that is to hand out way bigger grants uh, in the coming years. Uh, really hoping to, you know, one day make that like a $5,000 uh, grant process. So, uh, you know, what can you do for your local stream with five grand? I think you can do a lot. Yeah. Um, especially if it's not, you know, a giant watershed and you might get some matching funds from somebody else. Um, you could definitely make some significant impacts. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the, the th- thinking around that too is at Fiverr's we want to give not everyone is going to want to go work in the fly fishing industry it there's not enough room for it uh fly fishing industry like like you said uh tell me all the time is smaller than the toy train uh industry so there's not room for every Fiverr student we have over 140 clubs all across the country but all these people are going to need experiences to show employers and our whole thing is wanting to make sure we prepare future leaders, whether that they're in like finance or accounting or doctors or lawyers, or if they're working in the fly fishing industry and conservation. And I think that it's really cool how you can take experiences like writing a grant or working on a conservation project and relate it back to those things. And eventually you're, you're still caring about conservation. Yeah, definitely. I think that really shows with the uh, fish god story that we did a little while ago. And uh, that's just a story of two college kids that ended up starting a club over at Edinburgh University and then have uh, gone on to start a successful business. And it really shows that there's a lot more to learn with the Five Rivers program than just fly fishing or just conservation. You know, we're teaching real leadership skills and real world skills that can be used no matter what you do for the rest of your life. And it's really applicable in everything yeah totally we we see that all over the place and we see people doing amazing things in film and everything and it's just been super cool to to watch all these people be so successful uh through five rivers clubs and like you said too you make friends for life in, in the five rivers club i've said it a million times now like my two roommates my best friends i met through fishing and without that, that Fiverr's club, who knows if I would have ever met them and super close to them now and bummed that like everyone parts ways after college. But Andrew on our fishing trip this weekend, you had two, we had two buddies there that you knew from five rivers that weren't even in the, in your club too. Um, so it's, it's just cool that those connections last for so long. 
Yeah, and it's a huge community. I mean, it's immense. And like you said, we got 140 clubs, more than 140 all across the country. And I feel like I can go anywhere and I can find somebody to fish with. You know, I can send yeah. a message in the group me and be like, hey, who's in blank town in the middle of nowhere, Idaho or whatever, and find someone to go fish with. So it's pretty cool, the community it creates. And uh, I'm very blessed to be a part of it, I'd say. And just one thing I'd like to add to for the fall you know, one thing that we're really looking to do is expand the community and opportunities for students to, to take part um, and communicate with one another. So one of the things that uh, Joe at COSA and I have discussed at length and something that I'm excited to um, kind of bring forth uh, right now is that, you know, we're looking for those uh, ways to break down barriers and uh, provide opportunities for alumni and current students to communicate with each other much more effectively. So uh, stay tuned for this fall. Uh, we're going to be launching a mobile app that uh, will be kind of the central hub for all five rivers related activities. So, um, you know, that ability to not only talk to your own club, uh, to regional uh, clubs in your area, but all across the country in our alumni base and, uh, you know, share fishing stories, hit up people, see where they're at, see if they're willing to take you fishing um, is just going to be much, much easier. And that's something that I'm really excited about. Yeah. Thank God for not being on group me anymore after that. <laughs> and we know everyone has like 15 group me's to keep up with at a time. And I think that's going to be super awesome because before, like we got the newsletter this year. That was a big thing, the newsletter, because previously a lot of the times we were just communicating straight to the presidents and the presidents had to communicate to the club and that's clogged channel and having the newsletter. And we hope y'all have enjoyed getting that just with updates and news and stuff like that to everyone in the five rivers program, not just the presidents. I think that was, that was a super good, good push. And uh, hopefully this, that kind of segues into this new mobile app and uh, getting everyone as connected as possible. And hopefully as things kind of start to return to normal, that it'll be a great way for people to connect and meet and for clubs to engage together. And um, even the, the potential for people who don't have a club at their school to join into the, the community. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that's definitely something that, uh, we're really looking forward to breaking down that barrier to participate uh, as just a college as just a college student uh, to participate. Um, but we definitely still want to incentivize and uh, kind of the long-term goal of creating a club because you know club on the campus is definitely the best way to create community uh, with within the campus. Yeah. Um, and you know UGA, CU, uh, CSU, etc. Um, you know having that that um campus community is very important in my opinion uh but i definitely don't want that to be a, a barrier for students who just don't have the wherewithal or go to a small college that they can't find other people who are interested in fishing that they uh are excluded from the community i don't think that that's uh, productive so uh, we're really looking for ways to continue to break down the barriers to have more and more people join so yeah really excited and we're looking to grow in a big way in this in this next year when all these covid barriers kind of start to to break down of being able to continue to expand and grow at five rivers. Like Cliff, you were talking about your club when you got involved as 25 people. And I mean, for me too, at UGA, when I joined the UGA club, there were like maybe 25, probably less. And 
I'd say there'd probably be 10 people at a meeting at most. And pre COVID we were getting like our biggest meetings. We had over 40 people at, and we had over a hundred people in the group me. And it's just crazy how fly fishing has kind of exploded in the past year too. We're in the kind of the height, I think of fly fishing right now, but it's just super cool to see how fast all these clubs are growing and the potential that's there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember going to the intro meeting my freshman year, not knowing anybody and sitting around a table with probably 10 or 15 other people. And then I'm running the intro meeting, you know, last year or whatever it was before COVID started. And there's 50 or 60 people in the local fly shop sitting around watching a presentation, watching a video that we took, you know, our last trip to Wyoming or whatever it might be. And it's pretty, you know, eye-opening to see how willing people are to find a new sport, to find a new hobby. And, you know, I'd attribute our success there. If any clubs are looking for a way to get more members is just ask everybody if they want to be in the fly fishing club. Uh, yeah. We would, we'd go to club fairs and we'd just stand outside the booth and just go up to people and say, hey, have you ever been fly fishing? And, you know, no matter what they say, yes or no you can ask them, you know, if they want to be a part of the club. Uh, and most people are really eager to find something new and exciting their first year at college. And, uh, you know, we, we feel like we can promise a safe, good community and fun people to be around and people just are so attracted to it. It's really incredible. Yeah. And people are so willing to teach others too. I've found we would do, we would do those fairs too. And then like, a couple weeks after we'd get all these people's information, we would have a casting clinic or we do a trip. We do cause we're pretty far away from like, we're at least an hour away from any trout stream in, in Athens. We would do fishing trips all the time with our local TU chapter. And we'd go up to Brevard twice a year. We always did that. And people would love to go, even if they didn't fly fish and, that means some people had to put the guide hat on and maybe not fish as much, but it's totally worth it in the end because you're growing the community and letting someone else into the hobby. And I know someone, this guy named Jeff Derniak, who worked for Georgia DNR for a long time, he now works at Unicoi Outfitters. He always told us he would be, he was at our meetings every single year. He's the man. And he would say like, teach someone to fish, let them fall in love with the outdoors. They're going to start caring about those places and they're going to want to conserve it. Yeah, no, what you said about teaching is really true. And, you know, I have to give a shout out to my officers right now that, you know, they joined the club um, to meet people to fish with. And then they realized that this club is a great way to teach people to fish. And we'll take a trip to, you know, some incredible place in Colorado. And they sacrifice their whole weekend of fishing to help somebody fish, you know, so just tying surgeon knots, just tying, teach someone how to tie a fly on all those things. And the joy they've received from just seeing someone catch a fish is, is just as satisfying for them as catching that fish. It's really incredible. Yeah. What do you say your favorite memory of like being in the club so far is like favorite trip or, or whatnot. And Andrew, this is for you too. I want to reach back in the time capsule. <laughs> Damn. Honestly, that is so hard because as I think a lot of five rivers members would say, uh, Pretty much all of my favorite memories from college come from Five Rivers trips and trips with the CU Fly Fishing Club. But if I had to pick one, um, every year in uh, the second trip of the year, we go up to Wyoming and fish the North Platte. Uh, so it's usually snowing. It's usually cold. 
and yeah. it's really just an incredible time. We have a really good relationship with this uh, woman that owns a house up there, sleeps 30 of us, and That's uh, sick. we get the whole house, and it's just a blast. Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but um, it, I just feel so lucky to be a part of that community every time we go up there. And uh, you know, I've met some amazing people through that trip itself and just the community and the environment it brings about and people being in that wild place standing in a river it's 20 degrees blowing sideways and you can barely see your indicator <laughs> and the i mean i'm with kids out there that have never touched a fly rod before and it's and blowing the, like it's blowing like 20 yeah, gusting the 40 exactly and i'm you know i've fished a while and i'm like oh god i want to go sit in the truck and then i've got these three girls out there sitting on the river and they're just non-stop roll cast roll cast roll cast <laughs> they don't care at all they're like give me that fish give me that fish and seeing their eyes light up when they catch a fish is just magnificent. So that's probably my favorite memory uh, if I had to pick one, but it's hard. That's for sure. Yeah. I'd say mine. It's, it's similar. We go to, like I was saying, we go to Brevard every year and I think it was, oh man, was it my sophomore year? So two years ago was I was, when I was president of the club, we did that trip to Brevard in the in the spring i think or fall yeah we did it in the bye week because at georgia you have to plan everything around football sec school <laughs> it's a yeah, big we deal don't have that problem at cu boulder <laughs> yeah so like everyone wants to go to football games so you have to plan around uh in a way weekend or the bye week is ideal and i coordinated we always do it with the tu club and they could never get we could never get more than maybe like three, four people on that trip. And that year we just made a huge push and we said, this is going to be awesome. You should come out. There's so many great places to fish around Brevard and anyone in the Southeast like knows that you have um, some fisheries that are super easy for the newbies. And then you have the Davidson, which I don't think I'm spot burning because everyone and their mother tries to fish the Davidson in Brevard. It's a hard fishery and it's, it's really tough. Um, and then you have a bunch of stuff on the Blue Ridge Parkway. So it's super fun getting out. And we had a bunch of new people on that trip and a bunch of people that had been in the club. And I mean, those trips really, I think, bring the community together even more because some of those guys that were on that trip that year, I'm still really good friends with, even if they were two, like two years older, if they were seniors or they're freshmen. I mean, it was just an incredible experience and those memories will last forever. And I mean, I remember going up into Blue Ridge Parkway. We took way too many people into the small Creek, Brook Trout Creek, but, um, down into this place. And it was just so much fun. Like everyone's taking rotating in and out of like each hole and like every cast, like dry fly, like little tiny Brook Trout, just smashing drives with reckless abandon. And, um, it's super cool too, because in the fall, like, you have an opportunity to see the big fish like they'll go back up into the side creeks of this place and they'll do their thing and like that's when you really get to see the big fish because all the small fish are kind of hanging out in those deep pools but those big fish are making their reds up in those small things and like you'd be hiking through those over those small creeks and you look down you see a a big brook trout for that area just like sitting on a red getting it on with his with his lady but uh <laughs> but it's just cool because like you get to see like everything and you leave those fish alone obviously but like it's just cool to like take a second sit back like see where you are and like 
watch that fish and like sometimes it's even better than catching it and then you get to pull over the new person and be like hey like this is what a red looks like you don't fish on that um here's why you know you get to explain it and it's like a totally new beginning for him it's really cool yeah so it's like you get to explain the whole thing and like the process of like the life cycle of the fish and everything and why it's so important not to fish there. And like you said, and it, it's just, it really brings it all together. And then you go down to the stock, the stock DH stream and which you don't have delayed harvest out here, but um, that's a big deal in the Southeast. That's how most of our fishing stays good for most of the year because it's only catch and release for um, a long period of time. And they have opportunity to catch some pretty, pretty big fish and some pretty big holdovers and it's easy waiting and, a lot of it you can bring them into slow water and really teach them how to manage a drift or to watch their indicator to fight a fish and it's just super cool because you're in this beautiful place and like you we have a good relationship or the tu club has a good relationship with this camp that has a house on it and we'll just pack people into that house they have the tu people get all the nice rooms in the house um but like we'll have people just like sleeping out on air mattresses, on the couches, on the floor, like hanging up if it's nice enough, hanging Eno's outside and sleeping there. And it's just a great time. And I would I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. And it's just really cool. Um those things and I'm I'm sure so many other people have experiences like us. Yeah. Another thing I wanna mention is some of my favorite memories are our tying nights. And once a week when it was not COVID uh, we would just get together in somebody's apartment and tie flies. Uh, but what it turned out or turned into, I guess, was there's, you know, eight or 10 people that would tie flies. And then 20 of us would just hang out. And yeah. there was just people hanging out, chatting, talking about school, uh, meeting each other, getting to know each other. And it's just a really cool way to bring people together outside of school and give people a break. Um, you know, and it's not like you're not going to a frat party, right? You're going to a tying night with a bunch of other like-minded individuals that are excited about fly fishing, getting outdoors and just meeting some other really interesting people that want to, uh, want to get to know you and want to hang out. Yeah. Andrew, you were, you were back in the early days of, of five rivers. What about, what about you? What's your favorite experience? I mean, you can pull from a lot of stuff now cause you run the rendezvous and stuff, but like where, where are you, uh, where are you at with your, favorite experience that's really hard (laughs) (laughs) maybe Uh, maybe like just single it out to your time like with the with the vt club um man that's still really hard how about this i'll give you two i'll give you two experiences as as a student leader one as the actual club uh event and then uh the southeast rendezvous the very first one 2014 (laughs) yeah so the 2014 rendezvous was awesome uh you know, there was no precedent for getting these clubs together. Um, you know, back in 2014 when I took, or 13 when I, no, 2014, I took over the club at Virginia Tech and there were six members. And I knew that we were loosely affiliated with Trout Unlimited, but I didn't know like what we were. Um, I just knew that we were somehow affiliated with Trout Unlimited and uh, Todd Barker, uh, formerly of Costa, um, who was the college coordinator at the time. He uh, got me in touch with Franklin Tate, who's now my supervisor at TU. The man. Uh, Yeah, F. Tate. (laughs) Uh, And uh, he got me uh, in touch with Franklin and, you know, learned about the Fibers program and how there's other clubs uh, just like ours um, around the country. And we did a couple calls. And, 
basically Todd put together, Todd and Franklin put together this event uh, for the rendezvous for the Southeast um, where, you know, we'd never gotten all these clubs together in one place before and 120 kids from across Southeast showed up um, to participate in this event and as far away as actually uh, Carroll College. That's sick. Wisconsin came. So uh, it was quite quite the event. Uh, got to meet Jay Johnson and, and the Pig Farm Inc. crew. Um, and um, yeah, it was just a great time. I mean, um, you know, Jay, Thad, all those guys, uh, Brian, uh, Chris, all came and did a bunch of uh, casting lessons and got to meet a bunch of different kids from around the country. And uh, that was just an awesome experience because it's never been done before. I never had met this community of people that were above and beyond Virginia Tech students uh, yeah. at the time. So it was, just, it was a rowdy time. It was a rowdy time. <laughs> <laughs> Times have changed. Uh, you know, can't, can't be doing that anymore, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. But, uh, and I would say my individual favorite experience with the fly fishing club at Virginia Tech is uh, we did uh, a senior bar crawl uh for juniors and seniors, uh, and we all wear our Virginia Tech Fly Fish Club shirts, and we play bar golf uh, for, for the <laughs> juniors and seniors. And uh, that got kind of out of hand, but it was a super fun time with uh, with all your homies uh, your last week before graduation. So uh, that was uh, that was a blast. And you know, it's uh, as I've explained to Joseph, once you graduate from college, you definitely don't get to hang out with your friends all at once. Uh, anymore um, it's kind of really hard to get the whole crew together um, so I think the last or two years ago was the first time I saw uh, most of my college friends in one room uh, at a wedding and, yeah which is you know five years after the fact so um, definitely don't get to to hang out with as many of your friends anymore so all one place but great times yeah totally um, and I think that like you gave me a good piece of advice around that uh, last night. We were just kind of talking about post-grad stuff of how important, like you have to relish those times. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, college is a, is a unique experience, right? Like you, it's not what you learn. It's a, uh, you know, it's kind of like how to think, right? How to think and how to yeah. be an adult and transition between uh, being a, uh, adolescent person and really finding out what you, who you are and what you are and without your parents, uh, holding your hand along the way. Um, definitely, uh, the fly fishing club was a great experience personally for me. Um, uh, I was part of a fraternity in college. I did a bunch of other types of clubs and organizations, but really the fly fishing club was, uh, kind of the, the most meaningful impact, uh, for me, uh, being a college student. Yeah, totally. I'd say, you know, if I had one piece of advice for club presidents or club members or whatever it might be, whatever your role is within the club, um, take it as seriously as possible. It's uh, it's a really cool experience, and uh, we're really lucky to have support that we do through Trout Unlimited and Costa and and all of the awesome uh, awesome brands that support the uh, Five Rivers program. But you know, I've had the most success with my club when me and my officers we all took it really seriously. We planned trips aggressively, and um, you know, we made sure to advertise aggressively and worked really hard to recruit people, get new members, and you know, keep our members involved and engaged in a really active manner. So, you know, my my best advice is take the club seriously and uh, make it a huge part of your college experience, and you'll be very rewarded.
Yeah. And I would just say, you know, um, on top of that too, it's just like running a business, you know, you can get all different types of experience, you know, whether you're a marketing major or business major, uh, an environmental major, there's tons of room for you to grow, uh, within the fires program. You know, you could be the conservation chair, you could be the marketing chair, you could be just the the person who's running it. Right. And that's just all business development and all yeah. those types of things, which, you know, is all about the opportunities that we're trying to give, especially with something like the community fund too experience writing grants, distributing grants, uh, running projects, uh, you know, trying to, to really build out that experience uh, suite for, for students across the country. But, you know, you never know where this is going to lead. And, you know, Joseph uh, just got a job, which is very exciting. Uh, yeah. So, Joseph, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, where you're going to be doing after college? Yeah. So, first off, like, I want to say thank you for the, like, bring me on as an intern. This has been probably one of the best learning experience I've had all through college, like getting some really, really cool experience working with TU and TU has been an amazing organization to work for. And I've learned so much. I came into this last year and I really just felt like I was baptized with fire and, um, it was just like super cool experience, all experiences that I feel like I'm going to be able to take into the real world. Like you said, like running the club gave me some really good um, business development skills and helping write an EAS grant at the UGA club. Um, it's just been, I mean, I, I really can't put into words the amount of um, stuff that TU and Five Rivers has given to me. But after graduation, um, I'm going to be going into coming back out here to Colorado going to be in Woo. yeah going to be in Glenwood Springs I think my mom's pretty upset I'm moving way far away from home um but uh her baby boys leaving the nest <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like she has two others at home still my brother's gonna keep her keep her uh, on her toes since he likes to fish and go explore all the time too but yeah, I'll be coming out, going out to Glenwood Springs. I'll be working for a good friend of Five Rivers, uh, Jared. Zisman. The Zisman uh, <laughs> over at Fly Lords. And I'm super excited for that opportunity. It's going to be really cool. And I'm sure everyone here on the podcast knows what Fly Lords is. Um, but I'm going to be doing some, uh, some more of the business side of things. Uh, with them and getting to work with a really amazing team uh, and a team of a lot of Five Rivers alum too. And it's just really cool. Like as I was going through the interview process with everything and with other people too, it's just like you can use these experiences from Five Rivers in an interview. And that's pretty much all I talked about in my interviews was Five Rivers experiences because they're fresh and they're relevant. And it's just so many good things can come out of five rivers and it's really cool too. Like you then really realize how great the alumni network you have in five rivers is and, um, most likely going to be living with a five rivers alumni. And it's, it's just, I'm so excited to, to, <laughs> to be out here. It's amazing, amazing out in this country. Um, but I think I should be the last person to move out West because they're, uh, are quite a lot of people out here now. 
Yeah, so when when you come, you're just gonna slam the door. No more. I'm gonna people slam can the door. No one, can, no one ma- else can move to Colorado. Major hypocrisy. Just like I fly in, all the gates close. Like no more residency given to any of these stupid Georgia plates, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we're coming from three people who live in, uh, who are gonna be living and or live in Colorado right now that are from out of state. <laughs> <laughs> the hypocrisy is real. None of us are natives. Yeah, invas- invasive species. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joseph, I got a question for you. So, in your interviews, what do you think was your your best asset that you learned from Fine Rivers? Right. So, like, which experience, or like, which, uh, or I guess, what did you learn the most that helped you get this job and and be experienced in that sense? Um, I think it's my uh, amazing fishing skills that Andrew got to see over the weekend, but, um, no, I'm not funny. I can't tell jokes. Sorry about that for anyone listening. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Joseph, Joseph can't fish too. That, that was just a whole lie. <laughs> um, but no, for real though, I, I really think that my internship experience, like obviously not everyone in five rivers can, can have that same experience but getting to help run the fit the clean my water competition and then last summer the um fish responsibly tournament and running the instagram and doing the newsletter and the magazine and the podcast it's just so many experiences but at a club level to i guess to relate to more of the normal five rivers student or five rivers leaders it's doing things with your club that are more than than yourself because going out and doing conservation projects and organizing things for your club those things are all valuable and i think that the biggest thing for for future club leaders is apply for the for the uh, community fund because that's going to give you really really good experience and one of the 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 best experiences i had and strengthening experiences for for me personally was collaborating with the TU and all these other partners on the EAS grant that we applied for jointly with a bunch of other partners and getting to what is EAS to Joseph for people who don't know. So TU has a grant system called embrace a stream. So we picked an at risk stream that fed into the Chattahoochee river in Atlanta and Atlanta has a wild brown trout population. They haven't stocked brown trout in the Chattahoochee in between the dam and um, Morgan Falls since I think to 1999. I might be wrong there. Someone can correct me in the, in the comments or whatnot, but it's really cool. And this stream feeds is basically dumping sediment because there's so much erosion. It's called crayfish Creek dumping sediment into the Chattahoochee where we think that most of those fish go and spawn. So by mitigating that erosion and uh, one of our amazing five river students, Emily Rogers, who is a landscape architecture major got the opportunity to design this whole project and she got an internship out of it. And for me getting to kind of look at the big picture really helped me a lot in my growth as a person and thinking business and working with a team. And I think that all those things bundled up together really, really helped me 
show someone like Jared why I'm a valuable person to to have on a team. And in addition to that, what really helps is connections. Um, Jared was a Five Rivers alumni. And as more people start to graduate from the Five Rivers program, there's going to be more people out there and more people willing to help. And I think if anyone came up to me that was a Five Rivers alum, even if I've never met them before, I already know that that person is probably a pretty solid person. They went through the Five Rivers program. That means they care about fishing. And more importantly, they care about conserving the places we like to fish. So I think that the alumni network is only going to get stronger. And that also has a has a big part of it. But you'll, you'll have to ask Jared why, why he hired me. Yeah, I think that, like Andrew was talking about earlier, this new app platform that we're going to use to connect all the Five Rivers program is going to be really great for getting those alumni connections and keeping our alumni engaged, uh, especially with the the current student body that is you know going to be graduating and looking for careers within the industry or not in the industry. Because, uh, like Joseph said, the you know fly fishing industry doesn't have room for everybody, but there's a lot other industries that Five Rivers alumni go be a part of and and are great leaders in. So this new platform that we're going to use is going to be really helpful for connecting our alumni with potential employees or, you know, future CEOs. It's going to be really incredible. Yeah, I can't wait to see all these people. And sadly, with COVID, we haven't been able to do the rendezvous to meet a bunch of other people from other clubs. But I think that, like you said, this, this new app is going to be really really awesome for people to connect rather than like if i thought someone in five rivers were doing something cool i'd slide in their dms and say hey what you're doing is awesome and i think it's super cool and sometimes you make friendships from that like mateo moretti who we had on the podcast like we became friends because i slid in his dms <laughs> so <Joseph> typically slide <laughs> all the fishing guys dms exclusively <laughs> <laughs> no mateo's doing that some, fish mateo's doing some cool things and uh yeah that yeah now you put me in a, my blushing now i don't know how to respond to that thing <laughs> just, it's funny because it's true <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it i think that it'll it'll make it really really easy for people to communicate and I think we're getting a little redundant with that, but it's, it's true and it's important. So Joseph, I guess one last uh, question for, for you and, and for Cliff, uh, you know, what, what do you all see as the, uh, as the next uh, horizon for, for five rivers and how can you, uh, how can kids get involved in, in that, right? Whether it's getting a new job or um, within the industry or um, you know, taking part in what we're, what we're planning on doing? Uh, so for me, Andrew, the, the next horizon for five rivers is it's multifaceted, but I think the main thing is going to be just increasing overall membership and increasing involvement across the board. Uh, just, you know, on a small scale at CU Boulder, we have seen immense success overall just by increasing membership and just by getting more kids into the sport and it's really been incredible so that's what i would love to see five rivers these next years is who knows maybe we have over 200 clubs by the end of next year and that'd be really incredible in my opinion so i think that just increasing overall membership and increasing involvement across the board is going to be really important for the success of five rivers long term but also just in the short term of making sure that we're well known in the industry and just giving our 
members the uh, the connections they deserve and the experience they deserve is going to be really important. Yeah, I, I agree with that all the way. And to add on to it, I think that another really important thing for Five Rivers is that we're going to start to offer more. We're offering more opportunities for for students, like you said, to get connected into the industry. And we want people, especially our students, to feel like they're heard and that their opinion matters and that they can make a difference. Because I think that sometimes you can, in the fly fishing industry especially, which is pretty dominated by old white men, and you walk into your TU meeting and like you try to go to TU meeting and the average age there is like 55 and up. So it can be a little intimidating, but I think that if I were to drop some advice too in here is don't be intimidated, intimidated to share your opinion because people will listen to, to you and you have valuable information and you're the future of conservation and of fly fishing. So the precedent that you set at your clubs is probably going to be the precedent that is set in the greater fly fishing industry. So reach out to a bunch of people, grow your club, like Cliff said, and like, don't be afraid of the no's because if you get a no, that's, you're just back where you started. And you're basically, if you just go out there and put it all out, I think that you'll find the results you get are, are really good. Right on. And uh, I guess I just have one last question for uh, this is a two parter for for you guys. One is, uh, Joseph, what uh, what have you learned from the from the podcast uh, that you're going to take forward in life? Uh, And Cliff, what what are you most excited about Uh, by I wouldn't say replacing Joseph, but uh, (laughs) because Joseph can't be replaced. But uh, I would say. succeeding yeah i think that i mean if if you go listen back to the the specifically the pebble mine episode or the the chris wood episode like i go back and listen to some of them sometimes and just to reminisce and see i've i've grown a lot through the podcast my interview skills and just being able to communicate with people i've never met and over Microsoft teams over video. And I think that has been a super valuable skill. Ooh, that was a nice voice crack. (laughs) Uh, But sadly that can't be edited out in post, but anyways, like all these things that you learn how to manage audio equipment, it just, the list goes on and it's just been a really, really, really great experience for me learning something new quickly and trying to do it at the highest quality. And I think that applies to a lot of things in life. Some You want to do everything to the highest quality, the best you can. And that's what we've tried to do with this podcast. And I think we're pretty close as far as that goes. So I've learned a lot through doing that. No pressure, Cliff. <laughs> yeah, I think uh better word than replaces attempt to fill the shoes of uh the legend in the room here. That's so. a little bit generous. <laughs> uh so for me, I'm really excited just to be able to host a podcast. I mean, I have loved podcasts since they became 
you know, popular and accessible and, you know, the new thing, I guess I've really enjoyed listening to them. I start my day with them usually, and sometimes I end it with it. So I've always thought about having a podcast and I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to actually be able to, to do one. And, uh, I'm really blessed to, to have that opportunity. Other things I'm excited for would just be, uh, the being able to meet some of the biggest, biggest names and some of the biggest inspirations in the industry. Um, Definitely uh, excited to to have some really incredible conversations with people and get to know people. Uh, so just just overall, really excited. A little nervous, can't lie. Yeah. Uh, that's that's certainly something to get over, but that comes with everything exciting and everything that's worth doing. I think is those nerves and pushing through those nerves is really important in life. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I thought of one more thing, Andrew, about something I've I've gotten from the podcast is all these people that we've brought on. At the end, we typically ask them if you were in our, like in my shoes, Cliff and I in college or a young person trying to break into the industry or trying to do something, those pieces of advice that were given were super instrumental in the way I've kind of set up my future. And those pieces of advice, like go back, like even if you don't listen to the whole episode, go back and listen to that last, um, maybe 20 minutes of, of an episode or 10 minutes and get those pieces of advice because they're so, so good, all of them. And those are people that have been in the industry for a while. Yeah, for sure. Definitely uh, some great advice out there. And I guess one last thing for you, Cliff, too, before we sign off is what can people expect from Clifford <laughs> Watson oh, yes. taking, take, taking over as the, as the podcast uh, MC? All righty. Well... One thing I'd love to do is uh, explore some new some new voices and uh, try and who knows you know maybe talk to some people that uh, know a little bit about fly fishing but maybe they're more in the uh, political field and talk about how we can get conservation work through government or uh, just talk to business owners that have done a really great job of incorporating conservation and protecting our wild waterways within their business so. Uh, and nothing, nothing crazy. Not going to go out here and uh, do anything wild, but just uh, going to try and di- you know keep things dynamic and keep things exciting for everybody. Very cool. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to to continue to to listen to this and look back and um, especially like I'll be right out here. I'll come check in every once in a while. It's kind of a haul though, like three hour drive from Glenwood Springs, but I'll we'll have to keep fishing and doing fun trips and stuff because gotta gotta stick together yeah for sure joseph any uh any final last words before uh you're off the airway you know i i've already said it but this experience with tu has been really really great and i'm super super thankful for it it's just been a really awesome experience um but that's pretty much pretty much all i got is a is a thank you here and you know what? Signing off for the uh, for the last time. Kinda Thanks, crazy. Joseph. Thanks, Joseph. Appreciate you heading off the reins. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone that's listened so far. It's been a lot of fun, and hope you hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs>